At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to a very special edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us. If you're listening to the podcast daily, or at least found this one on its release date, it is indeed Martin Luther King Day, a national holiday where we hope all of our fans and followers will take some time to focus on service, service to their communities from which their work will spread to impact the country and the world. If you need ideas for ways to help and what to do, the Hornets are here for you. Today, the team is officially launching the Social Justice Platform, which will focus on economic mobility and racial equity. So today we're going to talk about the Social Justice Platform, why it's so important to us as an organization, and why we think it should be important to you as a member of our community. And we'll tell you how you can help a local business get a five-figure investment courtesy of the Hornets. If you want to read more about the platform, you can always go to hornets.com slash social-justice-platform. And you can also hear from one of the leaders of it within our organization because he's here right now. To tell us more, I'm honored to welcome Fred Whitfield, president and vice chairman of the Charlotte Hornets, here to the Hornets Hivecast. Fred, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Sure, it's great to be here, Sam. I'd like to think that there are very few wrong answers when finding worthwhile causes to dedicate time and resources and energy towards, but why are racial equity and economic mobility the right answers for the Hornets' focus of the social justice platform? Well, Sam, we as an organization really believe that we should be launching a social justice platform. We believe that we should have a voice and our brand should be heard in our community. And this is really a follow-up to the success that I think we as an organization had with our Swarm the Polls voting campaign last fall, which was our first stage of, of really getting into the social justice platform. We really believe economic mobility and, uh, and racial equity are two really important uh, factors that should be considered in in not just our community, but in every community, and in particular with economic mobility. I think it was really eye-opening to all of us here in Charlotte, the corporate community, and the community at large, to find out back in 2014 in a Harvard study that Charlotte ranked 50 out of 50 among America's largest cities in economic mobility. Quite simply put, that basically means a child is born into poverty here in Charlotte has a greater chance of remaining impoverished as they get older throughout their lives than any other community in Charlotte. And that's certainly not something that we should sit back and uh, accept or, or, or sit back and honestly feel good about our community. No question about that. Let's start on racial equity. It's a big topic and it touches many, maybe most, if not all aspects of our lives. How do the Hornets define racial equity and the the target, the goal in going down that path? You know, I I think, Sam, racial equity really overlays economic mobility. Certainly voting is a piece of it. 
but it really expands in, into many other topics. Uh, basically, the way we view racial equity is is really having a systematic way that assures that everyone is treated fairly, everyone of all races, that really results in equitable opportunities and outcomes for everybody, regardless of their race, their ethnicity, the community they live in. You know, it's really about creating a form of society where all people have a chance to achieve their full potential in life. And uh, this is certainly something that we want to focus our efforts on. You know, it, it, it gets as granular as education and career development, economic advancement, and, and just social consciousness where people are thinking about making sure that everyone's treated fairly and everyone has an opportunity to have that potential that I mentioned in life and, and be able to maximize that potential. Internally, what we're trying to do as a Hornets organization is, is really get behind key initiatives that focus on the underserved community, those that have been left behind in the past. Oftentimes, Black-owned businesses have not had the same equitable opportunities to achieve as other businesses in our community. So as a part of that, we focused on some of the Black-owned businesses during our week of service this year. Also, trying to make sure that we get behind programs that encourage reading. So restructuring the pick and read program to highlight black authors and books with black main characters and, and ensuring that our, our Bearings book bus is stocked with similar type books that also bring visibility to, to black authors. So it is wide reaching. It's broad. But certainly what we're trying to do is get as granular as we can and, and try and have a positive impact in this area. That education impact, too, is so valuable. I, I know for me as a, a dad of young kids, it's one thing to say something to them, and it's one thing for them to see something. And just putting that emphasis on education, not only does it open a lot of doors, but it opens a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Sam. And, you know, I'm a true believer in education. You know, I was very fortunate to have been raised by two parents at home who both were college graduates and both had master's degrees, which was certainly not the norm in my community. But my parents stressed education from day one as being an equalizer. A lot of kids aren't fortunate enough to be raised in households like I was or like uh, you're certainly raising your kids in. But what we're trying to do is make sure that we can have an impact as an organization on some of the underserved kids and underserved neighborhoods that may not be quite as fortunate as we have been or, or, or as we are and try to make sure we can have an impact on their lives and try and make sure that they are treated fairly in a system that that allows them the potential to take what they have, build on it, and have a, a great opportunity to get a great education and, and build a career for themselves and be a positive person in the community and, and, and be able to give value to their community as they grow up. And Fred, while education starts, or we're hoping our focus starts on kids when they're very young, education continues throughout our whole lives, but a, a big focus tends to be on post-high school or high school and into college. And there's a variety of ways that we as an organization can impact that level of education and a variety of directions people can go in to maximize their potential for their lives. Yeah, it really is important as part of economic mobility, having the opportunity to, to get a great education. That doesn't always necessarily mean a four-year college degree or education. It could mean getting an education at one of our great community colleges or doing an apprenticeship or an internship. There's so many opportunities to, to really learn a trade or a skill or something that a young person can build a successful career around. And I, I'm really excited that we in our organization 
organization looking for every opportunity to get engaged with young people in our community and really push them to follow their dream and their path of, of, of a career goal and a career path that they can be a success and a valuable member in our community. And one element of that, sports is such an inspiration for a lot of us. I know it was for me growing up. I, I was hooked on the NBA and basketball from a very young age, and it's easy to have a lot of the focus be on on the court or on a broadcast or elements like that. But there are so many jobs, so many ways to get involved in the NBA, in the Hornets specifically, that have less to do with what goes on on the court but still that love of basketball still fills your career and thus your life. So what are maybe some of the jobs, someone listening to this podcast who loves the NBA as much as we do and would love to have that dream job of being involved, but maybe uh, like me was not blessed with the height or skill or ability to be on the court. <laughs> well, that's uh, kind of funny, Sam. I, I have the height, but didn't quite have the skill set uh, of a professional um, basketball player, but but no, seriously, we have roles within our organization that literally can fit anyone. And we're excited about those opportunities. It's what drives you to be engaged with our organization. Clearly, we have every department that every other business might have in it, accounting, marketing, sales, customer service, you name it. But we've also got great opportunities for part-time employees that want to come in and work with our concession partner at Levy or work as a part of our WOW staff and help with our customer and fan experience. They're just a myriad of jobs that are available within our organization organization that are part of our organization and help us be able to continue running our business. You know, as you know, Sam, we run and manage the Spectrum Center for concerts, family shows, and so forth. And it takes a lot of people and, and, and a lot of teamwork to be able to have our organization continue moving forward. And so what I'd say is, um, you know, there are endless areas of expertise that one may have and, and become involved in the professional basketball business and especially with our organization. We're going to talk more about economic mobility in a moment here, but you've been with the organization a long time. Is there a individual story of someone who got involved with the Hornets or the Charlotte Bobcats when they started on a part-time basis just because they love basketball and the NBA so much, and that person has been able to grow within the organization, move to full-time, and make this an even bigger part of their career and continue to give back? Well, when I think about Jacob Gallagher, who started out as an intern with us, you know, 15 years ago and literally worked as an intern and, and, and worked his way up into a telephone salesperson and then premium salesperson and ultimately became the leader of our ticket sales department. And now he's our chief revenue officer. Throughout his entire time with the organization, he's been involved in everything that we have in the community and has been one to give back. I also think of, of uh, Trista Langdon, who started started out as a very, very young executive with our organization and understudy of Donna Julian, our, our executive vice president and general manager of the Spectrum Center. And now is Donna's right-hand person that helps lead, you know, many of the initiatives that we have within our organization and, and actually led our effort for the voting initiative with the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections and helped us put together the strategy to, to successfully activate our Swarm the Polls campaign within our arena. And so those are just two examples of teammates that have been with our organization for a long, long time, you know, 10 plus years in both instances who have 
have grown in their career, but also grown and really given back. I tell you, Sam, I am so proud that we have, I think, 35 full-time Hornets employees that started out as interns in our organization when they were college students, just really learning what our business was about, what our trade was about, and decided that they really wanted to make a career out of it. And so it's exciting to know that we've been able to get young people engaged as as college students and have them be able to continue and learn uh, through that experience and become full-time teammates with us uh, in our organization. We have Fred Whitfield here with us, and if you want more information in the palm of your hand on the social justice platform and the Hornets in general, I'd encourage you to download the Hornets app onto your mobile device. It's the best way to access all new features and exclusive content on everything from the social justice platform to our new game day experiences, including information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. Fred, before we dive into our next topic, economic mobility, this podcast and more importantly, this platform are being released on Martin Luther King Day. What memories or reflections come to you personally when you think of the man and the day that honors him? You know, Sam, having grown up in Greensboro, North Carolina, which was, you know, right in the core of the civil rights movement, where the the infamous Greensboro sit-ins were held at a Woolworths department store in downtown Greensboro, certainly with my parents having gone to college in Greensboro, North Carolina A&T, my dad and Bennett College, my mom, and them having been been involved in certainly protests and so forth that happened back in the in the late sixties. I certainly can remember, you know, the message vividly from, from Dr. King of peaceful protest and encouraging people to have their voices heard, but do it in a peaceful manner. And uh, I think that's what my parents prided themselves in the most, being able to participate in events in Greensboro that were peaceful, that I think helped us uh, move forward to where we've gotten to today. Certainly, Dr. King was, was one of those pioneers that had a strong voice and had a strong following that people gravitated to and has certainly become someone to be celebrated, like to be celebrated. And so just, you know, the memories of seeing him be shot on the balcony in Memphis is, is one that, that certainly all of us regret thinking about. But just the great thing that he did to lead us through a nonviolent movement to all trying to work, live and play together is one is something that I'm encouraged about and I'm hoping for as we move to the future. We've got a great community here in Charlotte. We have a great mayor, great city council, great county manager who are leading us, I think, in the right direction. I think we're focused on all the things that that Dr. King really preached and hoped would, would happen in us all helping each other and reaching out, addressing these racial equity issues, discussing our economic mobility, talking about social justice. Those are all the things that Dr. King represented years and years ago, things that we all are trying to continue to work towards as as we look to the future. One thing you touched on earlier, Fred, the voting aspects of the social justice platform, something that the organization worked on this past summer leading into the fall elections, the Swarm the Polls voting campaign promoted voter registration and turnout. And those efforts are, are far from over because elections are not every four years or every two years. They're every year and sometimes a couple of times in a year. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sam. And, you know, I think Bessie Mack, who uh, is our executive director of our Hornets Foundation and leads all of our community service efforts, has done a great job with her team, not only in the voting space, but, you know, all the things that we're talking about. But she led the effort, partnering with, with Donna Julian, who's our building general manager, and having uh, Spectrum Center be an early polling site and working closely with the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections. And that's something that we were very proud to do for 16 days. But some Something we look forward to staying heavily engaged in going forward. And to your point, there are elections that happen every year, not just every four years when there's a presidential race or a gubernatorial race. But a lot of these annual elections are very, very important and have a huge impact on our day-to-day lives, maybe as much or more than even a presidential race. Because um, when you think about city county elections or city council elections or, or, or county board elections, those things are, are really, really important because our county manager and the board of county commissioners help shape and form what happens in Mecklenburg County and our Charlotte City Council certainly has an impact with our mayor on what happens within our city. And so those elections are very important as well. And then obviously bomb referendums come up. The voters are asked whether investments should be made in our community, whether it's for roads or whether it's for transportation. Those things are critically important and certainly impact how our everyday lives will be lived. And so we enjoy being involved in, in the voting space and, and certainly plan to stay heavily engaged in that going forward. Yeah, there is no doubt the impact that local elections have. My mom was a high school superintendent and the most important elections of my early life that I can remember have nothing to do with a president or a governor. It was about school bonds and making sure that the resources were there for the kids in her district and kids throughout the community that I grew up in. One of the main pillars, uh, again, of the social justice platform is economic mobility, which in short, it's the probability of a child that's born into poverty in our community or any community remaining impoverished throughout their life or their ability to rise out of it during their lifetime. And as you mentioned earlier, sadly, Charlotte is a bit stuck in the mud, so to speak. A 2014 Harvard study ranked Charlotte 50th out of America's 50 largest cities in economic mobility. So the Hornets are trying to do their part in the entire organization. Some of the best outreach by the Hornets happens on game days. What we highlight in our messaging is a clear indicator of our priorities as an organization. And even though we're in the midst of a global pandemic that has forced us to hold games without fans, we're still engaging with them every single day and highlighting our values. So what are some of the things that we're trying to do on the social justice platform to help Charlotte move up in the rankings? Well, and you make a great point, Sam. We, we, we do feel like game days are a great time to highlight some of our initiatives out in the community. And we've identified our Friday, January 22nd game against the Chicago Bulls. It's a great night to really focus on economic mobility. We're partnering with our, our great partner, Bank of America, to really continue and focusing on our 50 out of 50 night for change that we established back in March of 2019 to really highlight the fact that we unfortunately in Charlotte are ranked 50 out of 50 of America's largest cities in economic mobility. You know, before and during the game, we will highlight local efforts out in the community to combat this issue and inform fans on how they can participate. We also have highlights on our Hornets app, as you mentioned, and through social media feeds and also during our game broadcast. We think it's really important that we really shine the light on initiatives like this and identify games that we can really amplify our message and get that message out 
through all of our media outlets. And so this is one example of something that we're doing that we're extremely proud of, and we look forward to our January 22nd game against the Bulls. And one element where the Hornets are really engaging here in economic mobility is something I teased at the top of this podcast, and that is the Innovation Summit. And it's an opportunity for fans to potentially have their own Shark Tank experience, either as uh, someone applying to the panel or maybe a chance to, to act as Mr. Wonderful and help the Hornets judge some of our applicants. It's a very exciting thing, and we're going to get into it here in a moment with Fred Whitfield, the Hornets president and vice chairman here with me today on the Hornets Hivecast. Fred, with the social justice platform and the first ever innovation summit, which again was originally described as a a local version of Shark Tank for minority owned businesses. Tell us a little bit about why this was a good way to engage the community, highlight some businesses and inevitably invest in one of them. Yeah, you know, Sam, one of the things that I really appreciate about our uh, community service department is just how creatively they think. And so our first ever innovation summit is something that I'm excited about. Our goal is to really increase social and financial capital in this area, to really get young entrepreneurs excited about what they're doing and the opportunity to really elevate their business and their business idea and come in with the pitch and try and become the winning pitch, which will receive $15,000 investment from our Charlotte Hornets Foundation. As you mentioned, our Innovation Summit is open to businesses and groups that are located within a 150-mile radius of Spectrum Center and are at least 51% owned or controlled by a minority group. And by minority, we mean Asian, Black, Hispanic, or Native American. And so we're trying to really encourage minority-owned businesses to come out and to really make that strong pitch that their creative idea and their innovative thought are something that we should invest in and help them grow and help really give more visibility to a, a great concept and business idea that they have. And, you know, what we expect is to have a lot of applicants be a part and submit their videos to be considered. And then hopefully we'll come out with a great young entrepreneur that will just use this to catapult their business and their business success going forward. And while only one is expected to win, the visibility aspect of it is so valuable because many, many, many videos, not just one, are going to get posted for our fans to vote on on social media or through our website. And there's nothing to stop anyone from engaging with that company or potentially investing themselves in that company. And the impact is going to go well beyond the grand prize, if you will, that one particular company will take away? Well, we think that every applicant could virtually be a winner in this process. You know, oftentimes great concepts, great ideas, great small businesses, and great entrepreneurs aren't discovered just because they don't have visibility and people aren't aware of what they have to offer. And so we think that it's important to use our brand and our platform to really accentuate some of these great entrepreneurs and their concepts out in the community and have people really understand what they have to offer. And so we see this as not just one winner, but multiple winners through our process, because to your point, these videos will have the opportunity to be viewed by everyone. So we're excited about being able to use this opportunity and and our organization to be able to really put on the forefront of people's minds what these great entrepreneurs have created and 
just how innovative they are with their companies and hopefully be able to help give them a boost. Shark Tank is one of the many shows during the pandemic that I binge watched with my wife once we got the kids to bed. There's a lot of moments when you watch the show where you say to yourself, why didn't I think of that? Whether it's, you know, a particular type of company or a particular new product, sometimes it's such a simple idea and yet it ends up being, at least in the sharks' minds, a million or billion dollar idea. I don't want our fans who are engaging in companies or or work for companies to have a why didn't I think of that type of moment afterwards. So I want to ask you, what types of businesses do you anticipate participating? Is it always technology company or a new startup or could it be a restaurant or something involving just a particular product or a storefront that could benefit and participate in this? You know, Sam, I'm I'm hoping this across the board because, you know, all ideas and concepts, I think, really are derived from just how creative people think and what people are drawn to and what energizes them that they feel like they can be successful in. And so, you know, obviously some of the, the best restaurant concepts have been created within the minds of great chefs that are also business people. They have taken those ideas, put them on paper, and then put them into practice. But also the great innovative ideas and technologies that continue to move us forward every day and continue to evolve how we live every day certainly were created in the, the brainstorming of really, really smart individuals. But I think we're going to see applications from across the board and and what people are driven to really invest their time and energy in and their thought processes in that they're really into and that they really want to be passionate about and have that business be invested in and grow. And so I'm just excited to see what broad ideas, what broad concepts and what innovative thoughts come into this entire process. Fred, this podcast again being released on Martin Luther King Day, and we talked a little bit earlier about some of the impact he had on your life. For people in my generation, and I think younger generations, I don't know if it's the fact that some of the footage is in black and white, but there's a a tendency to think, well, that that must have been way in the past, and we forget the fact that World War II happened in our grandparents' generation. They were alive for that. And Martin Luther King Jr.'s impact is in our parents' generation. They have very vivid memories of that. What is the message or the takeaway that young people should have as we celebrate the life and work of Martin Luther King Jr. and try and make sure that we don't allow those memories to slip away and for some of the destructive and negative aspects of the past to repeat themselves? Well, Sam, you know, I'm in a generation slightly behind when Dr. King was in the prime of his career, but I always took and learned from him and have tried to live my life in really getting along with everybody, regardless of race, creed, gender. And I think those are the core principles around all the things that Dr. King stood for. And so I think as a younger generation looks at the black and white video from that time of him leading nonviolent marches with others behind and supporting his efforts, it really was about the things that we've talked about on this podcast, racial equity, everyone feeling like they have an opportunity to advance in their lives, regardless of their race or their creed or their nationality. It's really all about social justice and and making sure that everyone feels like they're being intentionally treated fairly throughout their lives. It's about economic mobility, where everyone feels like they've got an opportunity to move forward 
in their lives and get a great education and create a positive career experience for themselves. And then, you know, the, the voting piece. Certainly, Dr. King preached that once the Voting Rights Act was passed that provided everyone the opportunity to vote, that they exercise that right to vote and have their voice be heard. And so I think the lesson to be learned from Dr. King was all the principles that we're trying to really push forward as an organization to try and have our community be the best place that it could be such that everyone that grows up or lives in this community feels like they've got a fair shot at being successful. If they do the work and put the work in, that everyone has a chance to be able to feel like they're going to be treated fairly in every circumstance, regardless of race or nationality. And that we all just bond together and melt together as a community and try and get rid of as much of the negativity as possible and just be great neighbors and great friends and support each other. Absolutely. Real quick on the Innovation Summit, even if you're not sending in a pitch, you can still participate. We'd encourage you to do so because when applications close on February 2nd, pitches selected for round two will have videos posted on Hornets.com and our social media for fan voting. So you, the fans, can help determine our five finalists. Finally, Fred, if Martin Luther King Jr. were alive today, Today, the day this podcast is being released, MLK Day, he would be 92. And no doubt he would still be a leader and a guiding voice throughout our country, especially in the troubling times we had this past summer and continuing into today with social unrest, as well as dealing with the impact of coronavirus. There's no doubt he'd be a leader. If you were talking to him about the platform that's being released today by the Hornets, what do you think he would think about how far we've come and what the Hornets are doing to take the next step. Well, I think that he would appreciate the fact that we as an organization feel like it's important enough to be involved, to be engaged, to do everything that we can as an organization and as teammates within the organization to be able to push forward a lot of the ideals that he lived for, that he lived by, and he actually gave his life for. I think he would be extremely proud that we're celebrating his legacy on his birthday. I think he'd appreciate the fact that his legacy continues to live in the lives of so many of us, not only in the Charlotte community, but across the country, that are doing everything we can to help make the lives of everyone in our respective communities better. His impact echoes throughout our country and well into future generations, and hopefully the impact of the social justice platform will do the same here in Charlotte and well beyond. Fred, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's been great. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well here on the Hornets Hivecast and tuning in. We hope that you'll spend part of your Martin Luther King Day focused on service, service to your community, and from which your work will spread to impact the country and the world. I'm Sam Farber. Thanks for tuning in to a very special edition of the Hornets Hivecast. 